the scriptures and the reading, and, uh, but I wanted to, to stay with our track through Luke as well. And so this morning, uh, Corbin and I are going to, uh, to read it together. So we're starting with uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division, division of Abijah. Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to, the, to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am old, I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed in so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home after his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, he said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. For those of you who are visiting today, today is a feast Sunday, a day where we gather around the Lord's table. And rather than, usually rather than me uh, preaching a sermon, we have someone else who would come and share, uh, but today you get me. Um, and Corbin, thankfully. Advent is, uh, is a Latin word that means to come or coming. Uh, Advent is a season we look back towards Jesus' first coming, And at the same time, we look forward to the time when he will come again. We live in this tension between the times. This received comfort that we have already, the fact that Jesus has come, 
that he took on flesh, that he lived among us, that he showed us how to live, he taught us what God is like, that he died on a cross, that he sacrificed for us, that he rose again and has promised us a new life, we look back towards this and we rejoice. And at the same time, we look forward to the fact that he is coming again. We see this world that is broken and doesn't work the way it is supposed to around us, and we know that he is coming with justice and mercy, with the kingdom of God, and we look forward to it. The thing is, it's easy to get stuck in between the times, especially when you've been waiting a long time. It's easy for us to lose sight of the comfort that we have from him, to forget to look backward. Or we can forget to look forward with hope. We can look at the world around us and we can become discouraged and forget that Jesus is coming again. We can get stuck in the day-to-day, the realities of the present. As I was listening to this passage for the last couple of weeks, actually, I'm wondering if maybe if Zechariah got stuck in the present. He's carrying out his priestly duties, actually his once-in-a-lifetime priestly duties in the temple that he drew by lot to go and light the incense, probably in the evening uh, time of prayer. But I wonder if he was expecting much at all. Priests had been doing, performing this part for centuries at this point without hearing anything from God. I wonder if he was doing his duty, but not really expecting much. I was thinking about it too, about when the angel shows up, when Gabriel shows up and gives this good news, Zechariah's response is not real faithful. I think we get a hint at his stuck, at how stuck he is in the present. The angel says, you will have a son, and Zechariah says, I, I am an old man, and my wife is old too. I almost hear beneath that his sayings that we've been praying a very long time. Why now? How could it be happening now? Years of unanswered prayer until that day and that moment. And it's interesting because as I was studying and reading, it's the, the angel says, or Gabriel says, that your prayers have been answered. But we're not all that certain which prayers. It could easily be that Zechariah has been praying for a child, maybe even specifically a son, for decades maybe. Or maybe he was praying for Israel, for his people, that God would come and set them free. Or maybe he was even praying for the Messiah, or in in, uh, Hebrew, the Mashiach praying that the Savior would come and drive the Romans out and make Israel the greatest nation of the world. Or maybe he was praying for all three of these things over the last few decades. Today, we begin to see how how Gabriel, how the angel is telling him that all three of these things are happening. Zechariah, you are going to have a son, even though you don't expect it. Zechariah, God is here to save Israel again. He has come to save his people, to show them the way back. And he is coming as the Messiah, the Savior. Yet the inertia of the unanswered prayer is hard to shake free. We get lulled into the sense that tomorrow is going to be a lot like today. Or we didn't see God show up yesterday. How can we expect him to show up today? Sometimes we too, we get lulled or dulled by the day-to-day. Day in, day out, seems the same. 
Maybe even prayers. Prayers that we have prayed for a long time seem to go unanswered. Today reminds us that God is on the move. Even when we can't see it, God is on the move. This is one of the things that I love about this meal. Communion, inherently, by its very nature, is an Advent meal. A meal when we look back and remember that Jesus has come, but it's also a meal that looks forward to His coming again. This meal is set between the times. We eat it to sustain us between Jesus' first coming and His second. That we watch out for the day-to-day lull. That we watch out that we don't just think of this as a pinch of bread and a thimble of juice, but rather a meal that sustains us. A meal that looks back at Jesus' first coming. He gathers up his life and everything, his teaching, his love, the miracles he did, the people he healed, the sacrifice that he made, the death that he died, that we might be restored to God, and that he has risen again and sits at God's right hand. It calls us to remember all of that here as we share this meal. It calls us to remember that and give thanks. But this meal also looks forward to Jesus' second coming. It reminds us that he is coming again. That we eat this meal and it's just a taste. It's just a taste of what it will be like when we stand before him. When we share in the meal, the heavenly banquet, with people from around the world and throughout time. This meal, in another way, is meant to nourish us for the journey. do a lot of hiking, and I was thinking about this is like hiking food. This is snack for the journey. Just a taste meant to sustain us. It's not the full meal, not to weigh us down, but to keep us going, to keep us walking. Not the sort of meal you eat, the kind like we might have coming up in the next month or so of Christmas, the kind when you eat so much that you're tired and you want to sleep. This is the kind of meal that gives us just enough energy to keep us going. A bite and a sip to get us looking forward. A snack for the journey. The meal, the meal, is still to come. Today as we enter Advent and share in the Lord's Supper, it is right for us to look back at everything that he's done that he took on flesh and lived among us. And we never take that for granted. The amazing, surprising, scandalous reality that God emptied himself of divinity and became human, like us, to save us. But also, this meal helps us look forward with expectation because he is coming. Let us eat this bread and drink this cup, proclaiming the Lord's death and his resurrection until he comes again. We say this every time we share in this meal, looking forward. This meal sustains us between the times.